You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of ST Times. And now, here's Dave Rubenstein, Editor-in-Chief of ST Times. Yes, hello again, everyone. Dave Rubenstein here, as you've just heard. Uh, I'm with Tom O'Reilly today. He's the Chief Operating Officer at Sparks Systems. Uh, And our topic, we're going to be talking about uh, the resurgence of enterprise architecture. Uh, In our December issue, we wrote a, a big feature about that. Uh, noting that uh, a, a lot of companies are revisiting this, kind of with uh, looking uh, to put an emphasis on business outcomes with uh, enterprise architecture. So, uh, Tom, I know traditionally uh, EA has kind of been thought of as you know heavy framework stuff, not particularly agile. Uh, so, I'm curious to know if, uh, from your uh, viewpoint, what has evolved with enterprise architecture that now has organizations kind of revisiting the practice. Yeah, g'day. Uh, th- thanks, David, and hello, everyone. Um, it, it's been pretty interesting over the, the last few years. Uh, as you said, frameworks used to be the, the, the number one thing that people would go to to begin with, so they'd pick a, a TOGAF or, a, or an Archimate or, or something like that and then try and jam what their, their organisation sees from an informational perspective uh, into those sort of frameworks. Um, I think with tools like Enterprise Architect uh, and a lot of others at the moment, um, we have the uh, ability to be really flexible with the, the bits and pieces that people can use and choose. So it's not just uh, about picking one framework and seeing what you can go from there. It's about how to collect information in a way and display it and, and, and to, to make meaningful decisions um, using the bits and pieces from different frameworks, uh, different technologies and, and things like that. Um, People can do enterprise architecture you know, with, with a spreadsheet if they wish, but uh, if you get the right tool behind it, it doesn't really matter what framework you have. So um, one of the things that we were hearing uh, from a lot of organizations who are looking at their processes and looking at their systems and trying to figure out, you know, is everything we're doing affecting our bottom line? It's like no longer IT just for IT but it's like, what are we really delivering? Is it delivering customer value? Are we improving our processes and frameworks to be more, more agile, more, more fast, more cost-effective, uh, things like that? So it's like I was saying, it seems that using enterprise architecture to map out your whole organization seems to be a good place to start to try to find out where some bottlenecks may be and where you can actually derive value from. Yeah, it is. And you'd be surprised that a lot of uh, organizations already have half that process or half that information mapped out already. Um, Enterprise Architect has sort of grown grown up from uh, a really technical tool, so a, a computer-aided software engineering tool, case tool obviously for developers and programmers. Um, as you know, we have been um, around the, the software development industry for, for years and years and years and, and, and part of the, the SD Times community for that time as well. Mm-hmm. What that means is that uh, the, the bits and pieces that the enterprise architect needs um, in an organization to make those decisions to deliver that value to the customers, all that information is already captured uh, within a tool like Enterprise Architect already. So you have what your developers are doing, your BAs are doing, what your testers are doing, your IT infrastructure uh, is already mapped out. Um, so an enterprise architect can then come along and sit on top of that and connect all those um, independent silos together through the way of a, of a, a framework if they want or something like, you know, the, the Zarkwin framework is pretty easy to do that sort of thing if the information is already there. Um, and once they've done that, it, it's, it's a simple matter of uh, this is their current state architecture then, and they can start making those uh, business value decisions 
um, from an organizational perspective to say, well, you know, is our um, IT performing? Uh, is it is it up to date? Is it running efficiently? Uh, if not, you know, where do we have to spend the money to um, to bring up the speed to, to make it more efficient um, and, and go from there? So I think traditionally one of the hardest things for an enterprise architect to do is to get their their current state architecture. And I think these days as tool adoption um, grows and grows and grows, then uh, that work is sort of being done for them and they can focus on what's really important, which is delivering the value. Right. Yep, I get that. I understand in, in having an earlier conversation uh, that uh, the, the notion that people need to evolve their architectural descript, uh, descriptions to capitalize on current technological innovations and organizational changes. So is is that just a, a labeling issue uh, within uh, a, an architecture map or is that uh, some some deeper thing that uh, that there needs to be a shift in in uh, how people either use the tools or view the tools or what, what do you think that would indicate? Uh, I think tools like an enterprise architect with, with its sort of common central repository need to form like a basis for for that information capturing. Um, it's not just a, a matter of, okay, we need to open up the tool now just to try and do up a report to, uh, to, to give to the boss or to give to the architect or to give to the stakeholders. Um, you really need those tools working for you to, to generate those reports. So it's not a report creation tool, but it can create reports to, to do that. So as you know, the technology in, in organizations is changing so much on a daily basis. Uh, I think even if you asked me that question 10 years ago, it would say, you know, look how far we've come in the last 10 years. Yeah. And it's been, been the, the same case again. So I think the, the, the architecture uh, is always evolving. I think businesses are always evolving. evolving. There's always new things um, being invented, new, new technologies that uh, are helping businesses uh, you know, get that edge. Uh, and that just needs to be included on a rolling basis. And uh, so if you have uh, a solution where you're putting everything on a daily basis in, into this one thing to capture your, your business knowledge, um, then, then that it just by matter of course is, is being updated and changed on a daily basis. Um, if you're trying to, to, to chase it where you know, each month you open it up and say, well, what have we done this month uh, to do a report? I think that's, that's where the enterprise architecture process could fail. Mm -hmm. So I know, uh, I'm sure you've heard this question a million times in the last year, but how has uh, this COVID pandemic affected organizations in terms of how they're able to stay on top of their architecture, you know, make the changes that you're talking about, and, and what has the impact uh, been on your sector? People for, for years have been talking about, you know, trying to create, uh, you know, go digital or move their move their organizations uh, digital paperless office that, that, that sort of thing um, and and it's been like an amazing buzzword for you know, 10 to 15 years that you know we're trying to you know, digitize our enterprise etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, all, all of a sudden that they've gone from talking about to having to actually do it I think within the space of a couple of months a lot of organizations started um, excuse me started uh, you know, remote working you know, people working from home, um, mainly on their own devices, uh, disconnected from from the teams. So all of a sudden, this notion that everyone's sort of saying, "Okay, we need everything online," uh, had to become a reality, and it had to become a real reality really quickly. Um, from from a, a Spark specific perspective, that that's been really good for us. Um, we have tools out there uh, like our ProCloud server, which is a a middleware application allowing. 
um, enterprises to have their enterprise architecture data stored inside their own network, so with, within a VPN behind the firewalls, but then still allow it to be shared with everyone in the organization, even when they're working from home, even when they're working remotely. Mm. Um, so we found a lot of our customers uh, didn't change a whole lot. They, they, they say, okay, we're, we're working remotely now. You know, what's the solution? The solution is to put a, a ProCloud server in place and just continue to work uh, as they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, I said one of my last answers that um, to keep an enterprise architecture current, you need to add to it every day. Uh, so for those who were already working on enterprise architect every day, uh, capturing this information, you know, doing going about their work, uh, the, the, the ProCloud server was there to help that. Now, what that means for, for those people is they now have a, a whole raft of you know, team-based collaboration and communication technologies um, available to them. So we have the, the instant chat, we have team chat, we have model mail, we have you know, ability to, to track people's annual leave and uh, and stuff all within the tool. Um, and because that's linked back to the work that they're doing, we actually have traceability then from that digital organization into that uh, architecture that they're working on. Good. So I know you mentioned, uh, you know, a bunch of the Sparks products there. And I'm curious to know from, again, from your point of view. uh, So when people are looking to choose an enterprise architecture tool, what kinds of things should they be looking for? Um, The primary thing they should be be looking for is is looking at their own current way they do business. Uh, There there are a lot of tools out there that claim to do enterprise architecture, but it really depends on what style you're going to implement yourself. Um, there are tools out there for enterprise architecture that are just you know, basic list stuff. Uh, obviously, enterprise architect is a, a model-based uh, tool. Um, there are a lot of organizations out there that uh, do research on, on, on the topics and, and produce their, their magic lists of, of what they uh, recommend. I would say use them as a starting point, but then do your own research. Uh, you obviously need to assess those tools based on your usage. Um, a lot of tools out there are flexible enough to uh, adapt to the current way you do business. It doesn't mean uh, you have to throw everything you're doing uh, out the window, um, but you can get one of these tools in and uh, continue working the way you're doing, but getting the advantages of of something that, that is model-based and something that is uh, team-shareable. Mm-hmm. So here here's something that I know. It's that uh, Sparks uh, Systems has uh, recently celebrated your uh, 20th anniversary of the commercial release of Enterprise Architect. Congratulations on that. So uh, I'm curious to know what changes in the industry have you seen over that time? Um, there's, there's been a number. So I think the, the first one's been the number of new industries that have adopted modeling. Um, traditionally, as I said, it was a, a developer's world you know, to, to draw your class diagrams and attributes and operations and connect them together to, to get a picture for that. But I think it's expanded then um, away from the, or out from that uh, developer-centric approach into um, many, many different areas. So you have your, your systems engineers and your, your BAs, um, and then in the industries like your, your government and military and aerospace and healthcare, um, it, it seems like every industry in the world who's doing any sort of you know, custom application or, or, or specific design um, ha- has picked up modeling and that was just it was just never heard of sort of 15 20 years ago mm-hmm. um customers adoption and, and knowledge of modeling tools has also vastly increased uh, i remember sort of going to industry events you know, 15 years ago and you know what whiteboards and spreadsheets and post-it notes were 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 in a bit and if you sort of mentioned a tool to help them that you, you sort of got your nose turned up with but uh, since then i think people are starting to see the value of, of having 
you know, a central repository that's going to still be there in 20 years' time to, to capture the decisions that you had uh, 20 years ago um, and, and sort of allow you to retain that knowledge instead of just ending it up either being wiped off at 6 p.m. Uh, by the cleaners or, or ended up in a, a dusty drawer with a 1,000-page document. So people using these tools to retain their, their um, knowledge and information, I think, has definitely changed over that time as well. Um, and finally, probably modeling as a collaborative endeavor, I think is something that's really been a, a big shift over the last sort of 15, 20 years as well. Um, traditionally, like an enterprise architect would um, sit in their ivory tower, they would uh, have all the information for the entire business sitting in front of them, and they would be the, the, the gatekeeper with all that information. Um, you know, re really good for them that they've got the information, but they've got no way of getting that out um, to the stakeholders, to the organisation, if they're looking to make meaningful change. Mm -hmm. So I think over that time, uh, the, the enterprise architecture and modelling efforts becoming a collaborative endeavour um, means now that, yes, you have all that information being captured and shared with, with uh, the, the architects and, and the, the business stakeholders. But then when change comes about, when the information has to flow back down, uh, they can do that as well. So the information can be passed back through the model, uh, back through the business to change the processes, to update the IT um, and really share the information to get the, the most value out of the work that they've done. Really interesting. Really interesting. All right. Well, uh, Tom, listen, I appreciate your time today and thanks for uh, participating in our What the Dev podcast. And oh, Thanks very much, David. Certainly, uh, our pleasure, and uh, we'll uh, look to uh, follow up with you again, perhaps uh, sometime in the next few months, and just see uh, uh, how the state of uh, EA is uh, is uh, continuing. Oh, absolutely! Look forward to it. Great. Thanks a lot. Okay. Until next time, everybody. I'm Dave Rubenstein. So long for now.